0: All right, bradcooney.com, I'd like to welcome to the show singer, songwriter, Coco Kimmy. What is up?
1: Hey, <laughs> how you doing tonight? I'm it's good. Good to be
0: back. Yep, I was about to say, this is your second appearance on the show. I can't remember, I remember talking to you for sure, but I can't remember how long ago. Was it? it was before COVID, huh?
1: i would say well actually it was, was during it after? COVID because i yeah because i started writing ah. in like march april time frame of 2020. so yeah. it was like the height of the pandemic so
0: coming about two years
1: and I, yeah so i released the first single in 2021 so that's probably when i spoke with you the first time yeah,
0: yeah. it's been a minute so yeah so yes. well welcome yes. back Definitely glad well, you're back. Thank you so much. Yep. Um, so even though you were here once before, if you don't mind, just kind of like tell my listeners and new listeners how it was you first got into music. Kind of bring us up to speed how you got involved. How long ago was it?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I started singing as a child at home in the church and in choirs, and went off to college and continued my love of singing there um, in the cadet gospel choir at the Air Force Academy and then went off to do uh, space operations in the military. And I did not sing in an official capacity um, in the military, but I was asked several times to sing and perform for different dignitaries and ceremonies um, around the world. So that was pretty cool. And then I joined two different R&B cover bands in the DMV 2018 time period. And that was really fun. And then, you know, when the pandemic hit and everything shut down in the DMV, that was about February, March timeframe of 2020. That's when I decided to learn how to write songs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it was something that I had thought about, but I had not uh, pursued. I really didn't know how to write songs. Um, I had been jotting down like just random thoughts and I would hum in the kitchen like my, my grandma and my aunties used to do when they would clean. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, man, I wonder if I could turn this into turn this into a song. And an artist that I had been following on IG, Moomoo we Fresh out of Baltimore, um, decided to offer a songwriting class via Zoom during the pandemic. And I love her voice. I love her lyrics and her music. And I thought, man, this would be a great opportunity to learn. You know, we're stuck at home <laughs> and, uh, you know, I might as well put this time to use and do something, uh, learn something new. So I joined her songwriting class through her university studies course. And I love that one so much, I decided to take some of her other classes, which were pretty cool, like freedom songs and sound healing. and. I was going to take another song, another fun class with her and she said, you know what, I think you should take the artist boot camp and I was like, uh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I just kind of set my sights on just learning how to write songs. I, I hadn't really thought about becoming a whole artist, right? <laughs> and so um, she convinced me to take the class, so I took the artist boot camp class and Coco Kimmy was born
0: <laughs> and she was born you know sometimes it takes somebody getting us out of our comfort zone a little bit to really see what our maximum potential can be
1: yeah yeah and I think that's you know I guess that's what she saw because I was just I was just enjoying uh, taking the classes and creating mm-hmm. and you know all the songs that I created from the first the very first one keep your head up is what I put on my EP. So the eight songs that are on the EP actually came out of, you know, working with Lulu Fresh and, you know, learning and her challenging me to do different things, you know, whether it was telling a story like I did for the song Triggered um, or putting my emotions about, you know, COVID and what I would want to say to people. Um, You know I put those feelings into keep your head up, you know, because I wanted to be a voice of encouragement and hope, you know, I, I kind of felt helpless during that time period,
0: yeah, um, thought it was good.
1: and I'm a very, you know, empathetic person. And I felt like there was a lot of anxiety. Um, and so I was thinking to myself, well, what could I do? You know, that could be a positive contributing factor, you know, during this time period, um, to help people. And so I thought, well, um, I've always been told that, you know, I was given a gift by the creator to sing. And so I wanted to use that talent for good and uh, mm-hmm. put more positivity in the world.
0: There's so many musicians that have done that. I've interviewed several, many, many, probably a hundred since i talked to you last. And COVID really, it really, it puts so many people in recording studios, you know, artists that, yeah. that just utilized that time where we were when We were under the shelter in place and the social distancing and I remember the economy was shut down. A lot of the artists yeah. out there just went, they just went right after what their talents are. Went into recording studios and just really tapped into their creativity side.
1: Well, it was definitely, um, you know, that way for me because I felt like there was just so many emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many different emotions, you know, about everything that was going on, you know, and for some time there were no sports, right? People were driving back and forth to work, right? Um, and a lot of times I think that the input that we were getting is coming from the news or the radio, right? Or Instagram. And you know, there was a lot of negativity (laughs) and a lot of, um, you know, there's just a lot going on in the world, whether it's, you know, highlighting the racial injustices that were occurring. Um, you know, worldwide, not just in the United States, but, um, you know, dealing with that front and center, right. You don't have any distractions, right. You know, I think a lot of times we go through life and, you know, we're so busy, right. Doing things, um, whether it's working or, you know, taking the kids here and there, or, you know, distracted by, you know, catching up on Netflix <laughs> different yeah, things. Mm-hmm. and when we had a time period you know I felt like that year year and a half everybody was really dialed in to what is going on in the world yeah, around them what and was it the- was definitely I think a heightened sense of awareness um, on a large scale but I think it's good that we had that heightened sense of awareness so that people can be, you
0: know, more in tune with what's happening. So you met. I mean, last time mean you talked, right. COVID was definitely like raging. Sadly, right. it's still out there. I mean, I, I just got my second booster shot the other day, so it's not like it's gone away. Things are better, right. but it's definitely, um, it's definitely something that people shouldn't just ignore anymore because it's still out there, right. and it's and it keeps on mutating. And there's different strains of it, and um, so. I think last time we talked, too, and I don't like to get into politics a whole lot, but Donald Trump was the president last time we talked, and I was, t- I was terrified because we yeah. one, one thing is bad enough to have a pandemic on our hands, um, but then we got then we got that guy. Yeah,
1: we have challenging, challenging issues, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. It's interesting, you know, that yeah, so. you, know, you bring that up because part of, you know, my frustration during that time
0: was all of that combined. Yeah, yeah. for sure, me too. Um, you know, along with,
1: you know, continued, um, you know, shootings of unarmed people. And it's just, you know, it was just a lot. And I, you know, yeah. I tried to pour my feelings into this song I wrote called Stand Up. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was, it came on the heels of.
0: The- was George Floyd, did George Floyd happen incident. yet? Last time we talked, did George Floyd. Um the, the 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 officers get, that get Yeah, they got convicted uh, and they sent to jail after we talked. Exactly. I'm not sure exactly
1: when we spoke in the during that process, but yeah. um that definitely had an impact on yeah. me in terms of you know how I wanted to address that, right? Yeah. So sure. I took you know, we had this songwriting session called Freedom Songs with Muma Fresh, and it was really very therapeutic um, because you got an opportunity to kind of digest and hear what other people's thoughts and feelings were, Mm -hmm. and how it affected them, but also you know, she kind of taught us how to um, create songs that breathe life into the moment, right? And you know, I personally was, you know, bothered (laughs) by, you know, some of the teachers that said I can't breathe because our bodies believe what we say. Right. And so I felt like I wanted to kind of turn that around and um, encourage people that, no, we need to breathe. (laughs) We need to breathe. Sure. And that's one of the tracks on there as well um, called Time to Breathe. And that's kind of a meditative restorative journey, um, you know, so the whole EP kind of chronicles, you know, the different feelings and emotions and thoughts that I had during that time period. But I, what I think is great is that the themes really are universal. Mm-hmm. And even though I wrote them, you know, at the height of the COVID pandemic, they're still applicable, you know, today. And I really feel like it's, it's timeless, you know, cause I want, I wanted to encourage people and just, you know, give, I don't know, give more hope for the future, more positivity out there. So there was a very trying time. Negative out there, yeah.
0: It was a very trying time. People, I mean, people's depression, people had depression. It was just a, so music's always therapy for most people. I mean, every culture in the world's had music and music's, it's just a universal medicine in my eyes. So you released this um, EP, now I want to make sure I don't butcher this pronunciation, it's spelled N-A-M-A-S-T-E, now
1: Yes, so Namaste. Namaste, Namaste, see now I'm glad, I'm so glad,
0: day. I'm so glad I asked about that, I would have not have gotten that right
1: um, it's all good.
0: It's all good. <laughs> I because I want to make sure I respect it. You know what I mean? I don't want to totally butcher this, this the t- the uh, pronunciation. So tell the listeners about that title. What's it mean, and the backstory b- behind um, naming it that? Yes.
1: Yeah, so um, I don't know if you if you've ever tried yoga for people out there who have never do yoga and meditate a lot. Um, when you go to a yoga class. The instructor will usually greet you and say namaste. It's, it's a greeting, an expression of ah. respect and gratitude. Okay. Um, and some people say it's, you know, honoring the, the divine light within you. Um, and so I felt like that word alone, you know, kind of, you know, creates um, vibrations of positive energy you know, to anybody that greets you that way. But Namaste day was really a saying that I created to help me to meditate on positivity and to um, help me raise my my own internal vibrations. And my desire Mm. was to pass that along, you know, pass along that positive energy and help raise the vibrations um, for those around me and for those who hear the music. And You know, like I said, it was, you know, 2020, I think, was probably one of the most challenging years of our lives collectively, (laughs) you know, as we were all impacted by the pandemic and the racial injustices and just a lot of uncertainty about the future. And for me, you know, like in my life, I've had a lot of challenges and been through some difficult times and having the I felt like having the right mindset was really key to helping me to make it through those challenges in my life so namaste free all day is not just the title of the EP but it's also a mindset Mm -hmm. um, to where I wanted to pass messages of you know encouragement and hope and taking time to breathe because all of those things are still relevant as we continue to face like all these difficult societal challenges that we have
0: you know I've got a, a side question as you, were, as you were talking to me right there, my, my mind kind of shifted a little bit. Um, I want to ask you this question. As an African-American female in America in 2022, um, when you brought up the racial injustices a couple of times, I know that's important to you, as it should be. So it should be important to everybody. Um, what, as a white person, can a white person do to to help um to help rid the world of racism i know it's a heavy deep question but a lot of times white people are i have some white folks that are in my circle of life and sometimes that that topic brings up and they're like you know i wish we could do something more on um, than just sit back and watch the news and, and say oh that's that's horrible so so what's some advice you can give to some white folks out there that that are just like what can we do to help that well that is a
1: great question and i you know there's a couple of thoughts that go through my mind and the Mm -hmm. first thing is like talk to people like we i think as a society and maybe this has been worse since covid because of the social distancing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but people don't even like greet each other anymore on the street like don't even like make eye contact and smile and say good morning like you know, I, and I know that sounds like elementary, but um, it starts there. And you know, I had great conversations with you know my my neighbors and diverse friends that I have, white friends that I have, about what was going on. A lot of I felt like a lot of people didn't even want to talk about it, what mm-hmm. was happening, because it felt you know contentious or uh, like people weren't open to listening to each other. So. I think it starts there with opening the dialogue because in order to understand different people's point of view you have to talk to them and you have to listen Hmm. to what what they say so I feel like that's kind of the first step (laughs) and you know a lot of people don't even talk to their neighbors. (laughs) I you know I I think we have a lot of work to do as a society. Just, you know, like back to basics, first of all, Um, so talking to each other, but there's beyond that, you know, we have to, I think white people should educate themselves about um, what is happening, what has happened in history, what continues to happen today and how um, certain systems that were put in place in our society work against people in the black and brown communities. So educating themselves about that Mm. and also about um, unconscious biases. (laughs) So what that is, is, you know, most people have unconscious biases, meaning you grow up a certain way, certain people raise you, right? You're raised in a family or in a culture and you're used to being around certain people, right? And so you have a comfortability level with people who you're used to being around, right? Who raised you, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so for, you know, for anybody, right? Whoever they, they are surrounded by and who raises them, they're comfortable with those people, whoever they are. And then they have a view or perspective about people who don't look like those people they're comfortable with. And that's where the unconscious bias comes in. Where it's okay, I need to make a choice, whether it's job hiring um, or picking somebody to be on the team. Okay, you know who are you most comfortable with? And those are things that that are ingrained in you as you grow up. And that's why they call them unconscious biases mm-hmm. because you don't even realize that that's what you're doing, but you're making a choice based on your level of comfortability
0: that's really well said I think on top of what just to build on what you're saying also because you mentioned um, earlier about white folks need to educate themselves more um, on the topic I think a huge thing more white people need to do is to understand to really understand what white privilege is I think so many many white people think it's monetary it's like you know it has nothing to do with that and the best way for me to explain it to some of my white friends is like, look, man, um, I grew up, my dad only had a ninth grade education, and we were pretty poor. We were pretty poor. We didn't have a lot of money. I got hand-me-down clothes. Um, we bought the peanut butter, and it said peanut butter, not jiffy on the jar. So we were, we, were, we were, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but... I still had white privilege, and then now, now when I say that, I got their attention. What do you mean? Mm. I'm like, you know what? Because white privilege comes in all different little ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it has nothing to do with what little money you might have had or what kind of neighborhood you grew up in. Right. I can go to Walmart in a pair of dirty jeans and a white T-shirt and not get followed by law prevention just because I'm white.
1: Right.
0: And that's one example and I, I use. It's the way people
1: treat you. It's the way people it, treat you. Exactly. Talk to you. how they see you how they perceive you and you know it's funny you say that because i i get a lot of that on a daily basis because as a you know an african-american female retired military Mm. officer yeah in a male-dominated career field in space operations right so even though i'm you know i've retired seven years ago now you know when I show my ID card people don't think that it's me they have an issue with it like I, I get that all the time They start asking it's, questions it's, it's multi-layered it's multi-layered it is. Right? It it is. it's 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 whether or not I look my age it's whether or not I look like I was an officer it's <laughs> you know it's multi-layered yeah and um, so it is very interesting also, you know, when I go out and about and I talk to people and, you know, people have their perceptions of who they think you are or where they think you've been or what you've done. And, you know, once you engage in conversation, right, then all of that goes away. Like I, you know, those, (laughs) I can explain to you, what I've done, where I've been. And you might have a totally different perspective then because what you thought based on just looking at me is different than what it might actually be. Just like you showing up in Walmart, right? With dirty jeans and a shirt. or maybe you just fixed your car or Exactly. that's just how you wear your clothes. Or,
0: <laughs> right.
1: but people have an assumption based on the fact that you're a white male. Yep. They have a certain assumption.
0: Yep. So true. So I think white privilege is definitely something a lot of white people need to research, and really understand the definition of it, what or what it means. Yeah. yeah that, and I,
1: you know, it's interesting you say that because the, that's another thing, right? We, I had a conversation with um, a neighbor, one of my white neighbors, um, after the George Floyd incident, and it was around the time that like the vaccinations mm-hmm. were rolling out, and it was kind of like big deals hit the streets. Right. And he was, you know, we have a great, um, dialogue, um, all the time, anytime we see each other. And he said, I, I want to ask you a question, <laughs> you know, and he's like, I, I don't understand why there's like a lot of black people it seems like that don't want to get the vaccine. And uh. that's what I'm seeing on the news. And you know and then he explained his thoughts about covid and different things and told me what he had decided for his family and i said well you know a lot of people have mixed emotions even within the black community you know some even with and i'll use my own family as an example right some people wanted to get the vaccine and some people didn't, for whatever reasons but what i shared with him was well there's a lot of history it yep. talks about things that have been done to us
0: Absolutely. as
1: a people against our will, without our consent. And then it was revealed later. And we're not talking about things that happened 400 years ago. We're talking about things that have continued to happen yep. throughout history. And I referred him to a book, um, that I read medical apartheid and just shared with him, you know, some information that I had and things that have happened. And so there's reason why there's distrust. Yeah. And, you know, once I explained that to him, you know, and he was, you know, when I explained some other things to him of what's happened, experimentation, um, (laughs) you know, just the atrocities that have happened, you know, he started like tearing up and he's like, I, I. I don't, I understand what you're saying. And I, I hate that that's our history.
0: Yeah. And it's true. So I
1: agree with you. And, but these are the conversations that we need to have so that we can understand each other a little bit better. And when you understand people better, you can have more empathy. Yeah. And I think that's, what's lack. that's, what's lacking. You know, when, when you have, you know, children, black children, and you're concerned about their well-being, every time they step out of the house. Or your kids have, you know, PTSD in elementary school. Their behavior changes when they might see a police officer. Like those are some of the things that I had to deal with. And a lot of white people don't understand that. But talking to my white friends about those things, it at least opens the door to help them to understand a little bit better. Like, well, why? Why sometimes? kids aren't so happy when they show up to school (laughs) like this is multi layers (laughs) you know like I couldn't understand why you know my son was having some issues just before COVID and I noticed in the car as we drove to school we're talking everything's fine he's happy we're listening to music we're on our way to school and then all of a sudden his demeanor changed and I'm like why does what's what just happened what just happened here and you know I asked him he's okay he said yes you know, and he didn't want to talk about it. Okay, we get to the school, we pull up to the line where everybody drops their kids off, and then they, the kids walk into school. And I'm watching his demeanor, and he doesn't look very happy, and, you know, you see white kids, and they're kind of skipping along, and they're passing the police officer. Mm-hmm. So they're going into the school, you know, the crossing guard or the police officer. And my, my son and I had a conversation about it, and he said, yeah, I kind of feel some kind of way with everything that's happened. Um, you know he had a friend that didn't want to leave the house like it's, that's that's not cool We shouldn't feel that way Um, that -hmm. needs to change and so those are the things that I think talking to each other about how these things affect us even from childhood
0: Um, I think another thing I tell a lot of my white friends and even some of my white family members well, one of the things I hear a lot of white people say when it comes to racism um, is I wasn't even born when that stuff happened mm-hmm. that's a big one I yeah. hear a lot it's like one of the a like go-to yeah. card a lot of them go to but they need right. to understand something I try to this is what I try to explain to them I was born in 1965 okay I'm 56 years old fixed be 57 shortly but people need to realize that African-Americans are being knocked down by water hoses and, and made to go to the bathroom, you know, black bathrooms and drink out of black water fountains, not, not out of white. For, that was happening when I was born. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not that long ago when you look at the grand scheme mm-hmm. of things. It takes It's going to take a while for that to get flushed out. You know what I mean? Well, and
1: those things are, you know, we are still having challenges that still are on that level right? Maybe it's not very overt, but, um, you know, just systematic things. And so one of the things I like to actually share with some of my friends, my white friends is the um, blue eyed experiment Hmm. by, um, I'm trying to think of her name, Jane Elliott. It's a white, white woman. Check it out. It is very interesting. She separates, you know, it's a room of white people. She separates them by eye color. Doesn't tell them why they're separated right and treats you know one group differently than the other and to see their reactions um is very interesting
0: oh i want to i want is that, is that on youtube can i watch that
1: yes you can google it blue eyed experience oh
0: i love that i want to see that for By sure jane
1: Elle- jane elliott
0: yeah, yeah. i like that
1: teaching work- workshops on weight on racism
0: So I would share share
1: that with your friends.
0: Yeah, that's great. You know
1: what kind of dialogue comes out of it. And I think, based on that experiment, you know, I felt like the people who were involved and the people who watch it actually understand a little bit better, like Mm -hmm. what it means to have the white privilege, right? Because it's something that you know you don't say it. They, you know, and how she does the experiment is so ingenious. Like they have no idea why they're getting treated better than the other people right. or why the other group is getting treated worse and and you know how it just unfolds and then she explains it in the end it's pretty profound
0: I love it uh, I'm definitely going to go to it and, uh, yeah. and use it as a tool so I'm glad I asked that question because you you really brought up some some great things I thought we had an excellent dialogue on that just now and I think I hope, I hope people that are listening We'll do some research and learn, because like you said, it's about talking to one another, learning, researching what things mean, and I think there can be some progress with that. So That's at
1: least a good start. A good start. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's it's just a start. So a few more things about your songs, and then we'll get into social media, where people can follow you and things. Um, Let me look at my notes, because you're one of those people on my show that you contend to answer questions before I ask them uh, <laughs> I have people that have that style it's all good. It's, it's yeah, all totally good. it's totally all good what, what is, well I, like, I actually like it when it happens sometimes it actually challenges me I'm like all right all right so I'm gonna have to spin off a few other questions here now because she's already answered yeah. that one um, but that's fine it happens it happens quite often actually it's okay totally okay it actually makes for an interesting sometimes an even more interesting interview when, when that happens yes all right, so uh, we talked about your Air Force. Which, by the way, thank you for your service again. That's that's amazing. Oh, I have a whole career with the Air Force and serving our country. Um, thank you. Really yeah, it was nice an
1: honor. It really was. It was an
0: honor. Um, single, the single "Time to Breathe." Now, that's the title that I wanted to talk about. Um, I mean, it can mean a lot of things. I'll, I would like for you to tell the listeners what that song's about.
1: Yeah, so that came on the heels of, you know, the song Stand Up (laughs) and, uh, you know, people were saying, you know, I can't breathe. And I think people were just finding different ways to express themselves, to express the outrage, the anxiety, the anger, um, you know, the frustration that they had over the George Floyd situation and the other injustices around the world that continue to happen. And I felt like, for me, meditating during um, during COVID was really helpful. Um, I didn't like what I was hearing on TV. I didn't like what I was hearing on the radio. It's a lot of negativity, a lot of people fighting, a lot of people lying, <laughs> just <laughs> a lot of, of negative energy. And I just kind of unplugged from all that and I started to meditate daily. And now before COVID, I probably meditated like once a week, two times a week, maybe. And But I started meditating daily. And during those guided meditations, they have you breathe. And, you know, breathing is essential to life, right? And so I wanted to just it started out as a spoken word and when I found the right track that I wanted to use um, it came out as a spoken word and as a song nice um, and so yeah it just kind of happened like that but I was intentional about writing words that breathe life into people mm-hmm and try to breathe life into the movement of, you know, getting rid of these social injustices. And so it's kind of a relaxing meditative journey. It also kind of gives you that um, quiet storm vibe. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, like growing up in Jersey, New York, um, Sunday nights, they used to have a quiet storm so after you know everybody's party for the weekend <laughs> and then now it's time to settle down mm-hmm. right get your mind right for the week <laughs> they would always have on Sunday nights like transition to the quiet storm and so that's the kind of vibe that it gives you um, but it also just kinda of takes you through a meditation a different type of meditation
0: I grew up in Westchester County New York Okay. I know what you're Ooh. talking about. I know what you're talking about. You know
1: about the quiet store. I you know do. About the quiet storm. I do. You
0: know what I miss? You know what I miss about New York? I miss because I live in Mississippi now. I live, I live here. I've been here about 20 years. And I lived in Texas for 10 years before I got here. Um, okay. Then after I got in the navy, I stayed in the South. I was stationed in Virginia and just stayed in the South. So, actually, uh,
1: thank you for your service.
0: Thank you. No, no, of course. <laughs> you you are totally worth it. Um, I miss Sundays in New York. I miss going to the deli because we don't have delis down here oh, I know. and I miss hard rolls. Like we used to make bacon, egg and cheese on hard rolls and just like ha- have those breakfasts like after church, um, reading the Sunday paper. I miss that. <laughs> it's like weird things like that. I just miss about New York. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, every place you live has like those little
0: things. Yeah, that, true. You know,
1: you become fond of, you're like, man. Yeah. And I know what you're talking about, the delis. Oh, the delis. Like anywhere else, the delis or the diners. All oh, the
0: diners, I swear, the di- I forgot the diners. So good. And the pizza's so <laughs> yeah. much better up there.
1: Exactly.
0: Oh uh, my! Like, yes. We we could have a podcast just on foodie stuff. We could just talk about food.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know what? That's as close to Italian food like Italy Italian food.
0: I know. You can get it's the yes. best because I was best.
1: stationed over in Italy for a couple of years. It nice. was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I was like, man, the only thing that compares is Jersey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear you, man. A no, I hear you.
1: Food. That's it. <laughs>
0: I hear you. Like the South has the barbecue. I mean, they got the barbecue and the catfish. They got that wrapped up. But the Northeast, you can't touch their Italian food. I mean, compared to, I mean, it's the best in the the, the world. I think it's so good. And
1: I really think you know, in the just in the Tri-State area alone like just the variety and the diversity of food is yeah. amazing
0: absolutely that's
1: one of the things that i really miss is being able to go you know to ethiopian restaurant puerto rican restaurant yeah. peruvian food Italian, absolutely like, greek it's just amazing yes yep. Great yes greek food. that's how i learned yep baklava and all yes
0: <laughs> yes oh. and i really
1: feel like man that's really what we should have all over the united states like people get an appreciation of culture too when they taste the foods. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. One of
1: the things that um, that I miss about Jersey and growing up in Jersey was that in our town, in our schools, we would have like international uh, like food tasting day and everybody could submit oh, man. Um, recipes like their family recipe, their favorite family recipe and they do a book as a fundraiser and then they would have a day that everybody would bring that favorite dish. Nice. And so it was really cool because I really got exposed to a lot of different foods and yeah. cultures. And, you know, you just get a better appreciation,
0: I think. That's good stuff. One of my favorite classes was, was we, we had a food class in, in school. This was like ninth grade, I think. Ninth, I think it was ninth grade. We actually cooked food right through writing school, cooked it.
1: Nice. Right. Cook. It was
0: awesome. All right, I got one yeah. more question for you. Okay this is a question that i don't ask everybody um, Uh oh
1: you got me scared though
0: no nah, you're good i'm sure you okay so this question i'm going to give you two options and you can only pick one you can't you can't you can't pick two it's got to be one or the other okay okay so what do you prefer more do you prefer creating a song or performing the song once it's created.
1: Creating the song.
0: Creativity. Okay, give me, give me yeah. some more.
1: Yeah. Tell me why. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you said? Did you say why?
0: I said yeah. Tell me more. Tell me why.
1: Okay, sure. So I, I love the creating, just creating part of it, and just, um, you know, listening to different instrumentals uh, to see how it moves me. Um, mm. you know, I've learned like the acoustic guitar does something special oh, nice. for me. Um, also, uh, like the saxophone does something special. I don't know. It, it gives me a different vibe. And so it's exciting. It's fun to me. Um, I also feel like it's a challenge. I don't know. It's a challenge to come up with lyrics that, you know, engage the listener. And I really enjoy it. I don't know, I, for me, it's kind of like, it's effortless. I don't feel like it's something I have to like practice over right. I don't know. I, I guess, you know, as you write songs, it's kind of like practice, right? As you go along, you should get better each time. Yep. Um, but just in terms of how it comes to me, it feels very natural. Sometimes it feels like it just, I wake up sometimes and I just have lyrics. Um, wow. or I'll just be listening to a song randomly. And then all of a sudden something just comes to me and I start writing. Um, I like that. I don't, I don't, I feel like it's a special gift, <laughs> um, great based answer. on how it comes. Like it's not really forced. And so when I was working with Moon Fresh, you know, she challenged me to do different things to kind of force me to think differently. So whether it was storytelling or writing things with a double entendre or <laughs> cheerily challenging, mm-hmm. um, and I like that. It, it was fun um, performing. I would say is a close second. Right? I mean, I like performing, but. Um,
0: so I have some homework. I, think for I you. like
1: the creative. Yeah, I like the creative process better.
0: <laughs> I have an assignment. I have an assignment for you. Okay. So, the next time you come on my show, yeah. Before you do, I want you to ask your your music teacher that you talked about the same question that I asked you. I'm curious to what she would say.
1: Which she prefers, right creating
0: or, or, or performing? Okay. Yep, I'm okay. curious. And you can tell me when you come I back. I will
1: ask her. Yeah, yeah, I would. I think I. <laughs> I don't know the answer. But I will
0: ask her. Yeah, uh, I like that question. Yes. Actually, to be completely transparent, I stole that question from one of my followers on social media. Because every so often, I'll when I have a podcast coming up, I'll, I'll throw it out there to my social media follower and say, "Hey, I, I'm talking to a, a you know a R&B artist or whoever," and I'll say, "Do you have any, anybody have any questions?" So somebody somebody threw that question at me. I was like, "I love that question," and I've asked that it
1: probably
0: I've asked it about twenty times now. And, and what I love about it is, first of all, there's no, there's no wrong answer to it, which is fun. Right. And one time I had a husband and wife on my show, and they, and they were a duo. They, they, they performed together. Um, she was a guitar player, and he was a vocalist. And I asked that question to them, and the wife said she liked creativity, and the husband said he liked performing. So then they got in like a ten, they got like look it was like a ten minute debate. They were like going back. I just, I sat there and you had to say nothing for like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, man. It was great. I just like I'll just take it away, man. So <laughs> that was exactly. fun.
1: Exactly. All right. Yeah, that um, yeah,
0: that's a great question. Thanks. Yeah, well, it's, it's such. Yeah. God bless me. I forgot the person's name that threw that question at me because it was it was a while back. But they, it is a good question. Um, and you're a good person, and you're a great singer, and I really oh, appreciate talking you. to you, and I, and I really do. I, I enjoy our, our conversations. Um, I guess tell everybody out there where they can get your stuff, where they can get your music, and follow you, and then we'll wrap it up. Yes.
1: Yeah, Thank you once again for having me. It's always a pleasure. And I enjoy talking to you as well. look forward to coming back on your podcast. And for now, though, I want everybody to check out my debut EP, Namaste for Y'all Day. Yes. Yes. It is streaming on all digital platforms. And if you want a hard copy like Old School, you can go to (laughs) Amazon.com and get a hard copy. Nice. But also, I'd love for you to follow me. On Instagram at Coco Kimmy or Twitter Coco Kimmy one I also have a web page and that's CocoKimmy.com. dot com so feel free to check me out there sign up on the email list if you like if you want to hear more about what's going on what's happening we'll be the first to know what I'm gonna do next
0: there it is folks Coco Kimmy part two is now concluded we have to tune back in for part three when she comes back I really appreciate you so much and again thank you for your service Keep breathing just positive energy into the world because the world needs it, and I appreciate you so much.
1: Well, thank you so much, too.
0: Okay. You have a wonderful day. Peace and blessings to you. Okay, good night.
1: Talk soon. All right.